Hello, I'm Pastor Paul, an associate pastor at Living Word, and this is our podcast. I want to say thank you for joining us today. I know this message will minister to your spirit and it will build your faith. I know God will move in your life because you are a doer of the word. Enjoy today's message. Well, for those of you who were uh, who were here last week, you know that we talked about uh, our, pur- our purposed place in God's time. We talked about how we all have a specific appointed place to be in, a specific appointed uh, arena to be in during this time. We talked about Stephen, the life of Stephen in Acts chapter 6, and I'm just going to recap a little bit for those who weren't here. Uh, We talked about Stephen in Acts chapter 6 and how there was the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles, right? Jesus had had gone to heaven. He had poured out the Holy Spirit, and we see the apostles left uh, carrying on the ministry, moving forward, right? Pressing on, expanding the kingdom of God. But we also see that there were some natural things that they needed help with. Right, we saw that they uh, there were widows and orphans that needed help, and they had a, what what I would call a business or an association put together, and they needed someone to run it. So they uh, took some men, set them apart. The scripture says they laid their hands on them to set them apart for the ministry, and it talks about Stephen. And how Stephen, when he had his hands laid on him, he was set apart. He answered the call for that specific time to go and wait tables. And we can see after that, the scripture says that the word of God multiplied, right? And that Stephen performed uh, miracles and wonders. And the parallel that we drew behind that was that Stephen necessarily, he probably didn't grow up thinking, I want to be a waiter. Or a waiter. He probably didn't grow up thinking, man, I'd love to wait tables for the rest of my life. But what we called the, uh, uh, a parallel to was that he answered where he was supposed to be for that specific time and how that granted him access to the anointing of God. We talked about how it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And let me rephrase that. It wasn't that he didn't already have access to the anointing of God. Because the anointing is Christ Jesus within us. It's his power. It's what breaks yokes. It's what breaks bondage. But we talked about how when we are in our uh, assigned spot, how it's as though we have greater access to it. To do what? To accomplish the kingdom and the will of God. Amen? So we were talking about uh, how we have a design place. We talked about how victory comes in our life by our positioning in his anointing, right? We talked about how we're in Christ Jesus and our, our, uh, our righteousness is found in him and his position. We're going to touch on that tonight, too. We talked about how the anointing of God will make up for uh, any introverted nature within us, how it'll draw people to you. We talked about how God's grace and anointing will empower us to accomplish his will even when it looks like our life is too crowded and weighed down. And let me tell you, I relate to that because on Wednesdays, I watch my baby girl. I watch Emery. I have her from the morning until driving her to uh, her babysitters in the afternoon. And dear Lord Jesus, sometimes my, wife, my life feels weighed down and crowded. But you know, God makes it, he makes it work. He takes my uh, little little something and turns it into a big something. And I, I tell you what, I just marvel at how stuff just comes together for, for messages, for, uh, for sermons. I just, I can't believe, I can, but it just, it just blows me away. So uh, we're talking about qualified 
tonight. I want to tie this in a little bit to what we talked about last week about, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I believe that we are on the cusp of, a, 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 of an end time revival. We're on the cusp of a wave of healing coming into this nation, into this world. We're on the cusp of uh, uh, greater works, right? I know uh, Pastor Doug's been talking a lot about kind of the, the, cli- the climate of the, uh, the nation and the climate of our world, not, not the actual climate, but how things are, right? It's tense. It's tense right now. There's a whole lot going on. Seems like we're all at war with each other. There's, there's not just like nice, peaceable argument. It's like either for or against, death or life, no in between, right? And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to believe that despite the shakiness of our political climate, despite the shakiness of what the future may hold for this earth, I want to believe that we uh, are going to see people coming into the kingdom. Amen? I want to believe that we uh, do have a great calling for Little Roberts, Illinois. Because it's not little in God's eyes. I want to believe that we're going to physically, literally, actually see people in this house full. And I want to talk about us, us individually, and then how we are qualified and how we qualify others. Because my, uh, my greatest expression of faith, Pastor Doug's been talking about how, you know, he's, he's really focusing on the spiritual things. He's focusing on what's ahead, on, on the future and what's to come. And he's kind of said, all right, Pastor Josh, Pastor Paul, I'm going to leave a lot of the teaching to you guys. Now, he's still teaching. It's in his nature. He's going to teach. But uh, I take that literally. So I'm going to teach some things tonight. And I hope they're practical, but they're also mixed with spiritual things. Now, I'm aware of some things. Uh, I'm aware that people outside of the church and inside of the church, the church as a whole and Roberts, Illinois Church, that there, is a, uh, there can be a feeling of not measuring up. There can be a feeling of, uh, I, I'm not qualified to, to teach Sunday school, or I'm not qualified to uh, I don't know, serve in the cafe, or I'm not qualified to uh, try and be a part of the worship team or whatever. And I want to address some of that tonight because uh, it's not about our own idea of qualification, right? It's not about what we think or what we uh, do. We don't reach a certain meter, right? And I'm going to open with a quick little story. I was looking in my phone. I, I, I love... Uh, uh, technology has its ups and downs, right? But I love one thing about it is the documentation that I can do of, of our lives, of me and Rihanna's life, of, of Emery's life. And I was thinking about qualification in a time where I really didn't feel qualified was when Emery was born. And I know every single parent can relate to that to some degree for their first time. But I especially didn't feel qualified Three months after Emery was born and Rihanna went back to work and I was left alone. Oh my gosh, I was going back. I'm swiping through pictures. I'm taking pictures with Emery, all happy. We're all good. It says 7.36 in the morning or, you know, 8.23 in the morning. And then there's a picture at about four o'clock where she's asleep on me and I'm just staring into the camera taking a picture because I was exhausted, because I didn't know what I was doing. I was scared. I wanted Rihanna. And Emery wanted Rihanna, right? 
But you know, over time, I began to dip my toes into it a little bit more, and uh, I, I think I'm doing all right. I, I have a lot more confidence with baby Emery, who waves at me from time to time while I'm preaching, and it's very distracting, but I'll try not to get off topic. But nonetheless, we're talking about qualification tonight. My first point for tonight, and I'll try and move quickly through my notes. On our own, we are not qualified, but Jesus makes us qualified with his righteousness. Now again, we, uh, this is the Wednesday night crowd. I say this every time I preach. I, I pretty much always will say this. This is the faithful bunch. This is the bunch who uh, is, uh, um, how do I say it? Best word is faithful. You guys know about, well, yes, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But I want to draw it up to our remembrance again because it's important for our days ahead. It's important for what's coming into this earth. It's important for what I believe is coming into this church. And we've talked about basics before. We can't forget our basics if we're to minister to others. We can't forget our basics of Christianity if we are to disciple. Amen? Colossians chapter 3. Verses 8 through 11. But now ye also put off all these things, anger, wrath, mal malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which was renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. For there is neither uh, gr Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian or whatever, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Again, I want to draw attention to where it says we are to put off the old man and we're to put on the new man. Now, we'll get back to that after a while. But uh, I, was, I was talking, when it comes to qualification, I was talking to, to Tiffany actually yesterday. On Tuesdays, we've been doing this, uh, this thing where Pastor Doug, myself, uh, Miss Claire, Tiffany, we are cooking some meals, right? So Pastor Doug and I, we've got these great big totes of hamburger, of all kinds of meat. We're working it with our gloves and everything like that. I mean, I've got like 20 pounds in mine. He's got 20 pounds in his. And we're doing, uh, we're doing this thing where we're taking food out to, um, you know, people who, who maybe just lost someone or uh, our, our widows, right, our uh, uh, elderly. And we want to stay in touch with all of this distancing. We're doing our best to uh, keep inserting ourselves appropriately, right? And we were talking, and uh, I, I told Tiffany something, and I, I, I want to share it with you, too. Again, uh, in the t context of being qualified. You know, a lot of times with, uh, with, with me teaching or speaking, I, I become aware of the anointing of God upon my life when I speak. And without that, I am just pretty useless. And I was telling Tiffany about how I would not have picked me to be a pastor. I didn't even really want to be a pastor. I didn't grow up thinking, oh, dear Jesus, just I can't wait till I'm old enough to go to Bible school, right? What happened was, is I was becoming aware that I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life when I got into high school, when I got into my senior year, and about halfway through, I believe, I, I heard from God to whatever degree I could as an immature Christian guy who had done, made a lot of mistakes, and I knew, I'm going to go to Bible school, when I was in Bible school, we went through our first year. You don't get to pick of what you do. You just go through their classes. It's their introductory year. And then by the time that introductory year was over, I thought to myself, what's the, great, what's the most logical thing that I can go into that uh, maybe, maybe I'll use? 
I didn't know I was going to be a pastor, but I knew I'll probably have something to do with ministry my entire life, right? Some kind of connection, whatever and whatever degree. So I picked the pastor's program. And my point in all this is not to say, wow, Josh, that's an interesting story. My point is to say, I wouldn't have been God's first pick. I I wouldn't have been my first pick, rather. I wouldn't have picked me, you know? And I think there, and again, I am not coming from a place of self-deprecation, right? I'm confident in who I am in Christ. I'm confident in the anointing that he has in my life. But I want to I make some things real. A lot of times I think uh, people have an unhealthy view of people in ministry. I wouldn't have picked me to do this. Uh, without Jesus, I, I'm not qualified. But that's the point, Right? That's the point I'm trying to drive home, is that with Jesus, we are qualified. With him, with uh, believing on him, with his righteousness that the scripture says is in Christ Jesus, in the anointing of Jesus. That is where we are in right standing with God, and that is where our qualification is found. Amen? Uh, Let's keep going here. All of the separation that has been happening... All of it that has been going on in our world, it's caused people to revert to their old thinking. And we got to break out of that. Now, again, I'm not talking about you guys, right? I'm helping uh, paint a picture of what's going on spiritually because there's people here tonight, but there's also people who aren't here. I mean, that's a pretty profound statement, right? But, but think about it. All of this separation and all of this distancing has caused issues. It has it has caused problems with people's norms, with what's expected. Remember, I talked about a, a, I preached a sermon called The Season of Separation, I don't know, last year, I think, or I, mean, I guess, yeah, last year, technically. I talked about how the effects of distance and what's happened with, with people being distanced and how the enemy comes against us when we are separated, right? If you guys recall, we talked about Jesus being in the wilderness and he was in a, a pointed time of separation, but the devil came against him in three different ways, right? And we talked about those three different ways. We talked about how the enemy tries to get in and question us uh, and question our identity, talked about how uh, he will try and distort God's word to us, and at our weakest point, he'll try to push us to compromise out of God's word, out of God's plan. I'm here to tell you tonight that we can uh, preach about it, we can teach about it. You guys have received that, you know that, but there are people who are still caught. They're still uh, trapped in this distancing. Now, again, I'm not saying we should, uh, you know, be derelict and break laws or anything like that. But what I am saying is that there is an antidote to what this negative effect of distance has caused, and we carry that. Amen? People are the instruments and the vessels of God. We talked about, uh, I, I talked about one time how we are a temple of the Lord, right? The scripture teaches, know ye not that you're a temple of God, of the Most High? And so when we think about it, when we think about the kingdom of God on this earth, inhabiting this earth, the kingdom of of heaven invading this earth, what does that look like? The first thing that it looks like, I'll tell you, is winning people to Christ, right? Remember, the scripture says we're a temple of the Most High God. We carry His presence. We multiply the kingdom by winning people. Now, this isn't a message about winning people, but it's important. It's something to consider, right? Amen? 
Let's keep going here. Remember, Jesus said that he gave us all authority. And I think about when it comes to people and our own, uh, our own lives. I mentioned how I wouldn't have been my first pick. But look who Jesus picked, right? He picked fishermen. He picked tradesmen. He picked tax collectors. I mean, that's like politicians. You know what I mean? The publicans, doctors, whole range he picked. And on their own, they didn't qualify, but with Jesus, they did. Amen? Understand in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, I'm getting through a lot of introductory points, and then I want to get to talking about how this applies to people. First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 5, chapter, or chapter 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin. That's God had made Jesus to be sin for us. And Jesus knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In other words, our right standing with God isn't found in our own strength or ability. It's found in Christ Jesus. We maintain our right standing with God when we are in Christ. How does this tie in when we are in his anointing? Remember last week? So why is it important to go over all of this? It's because we must work to qualify people to be involved in ministry. I'll, I'll kind of look at my next part, but again, we're believing God for a mighty move in this nation. We're believing God for a, a, a mighty work in this whole earth, right? We're talking about how uh, we want to qualify people to be uh, in their appointed place, to serve, to have uh, fellowship with one another, to have access to his anointing, right? Why? Because his anointing is what breaks yokes and sets people free, right? So what I want to draw attention to and what I want to teach tonight, this is what I want the overwhelming uh, theme for tonight to be, is that we work to qualify people. We work to qualify people. It's our responsibility. You guys are the disciples. I'm the disciples. And our responsibility is for all the tradesmen who come in the door, all the fishermen who come in the door, all the cussing sailors who come in the door, all the politicians who might come in our door. Our responsibility is to qualify. How do we do that? Open your Bibles, if you would, to Mark. Mark chapter 1. All of this is in preparation for people. Again, a great faith statement I can make before you today is that I am, do, I am doing my best to prepare you and me for the wave that God has in mind. Mark, Mark chapter 1, verse 16. This is Jesus. He says, And as, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. They were a part of the world. They were a part of the world system. They were trying to make a buck, make a living, every single one of us, right? And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now again, these were ordinary people. These were ordinary men. From the outside looking in, they weren't that special, right? They were fishermen. 
I haven't taken the time tonight to go and study it out. I, I forget, I forget some of the details, but I want to say that normally with Jewish custom was that uh, each boy would be taught and be trained, uh, and, and if they didn't move on or, or pass on to, to going into the higher levels of becoming a rabbi, they would go do their father's trade. So we can actually look at this and assume they probably were almost outcasts. I'm not going to say outcasts, but they didn't quite measure up, right? They didn't quite meet the mark. But Jesus was going to qualify them anyways. Remember, he said uh, they were fishers, they were in the world system, but Jesus had it in his mind, I'm going to make these boys fishers of men. We're going to get them out of the world system and put them in the kingdom, right? We are to act and proclaim as the voice of Jesus, saying, come after Jesus, and we will show you how to operate in the kingdom. Now, verse 18, straight away they forsook their nets, and they followed him. Straight away, I can't imagine that in my own mind. These fishermen were out there with their parents, with the hired help, with uh, the family business. Jesus said, come and follow me, someone they probably never even saw before, didn't, didn't really know. And they listened. They did it. What this tells me, this is encouraging for me because sometimes we get caught up in, uh, in taking that first step of maybe uh, initiating communication with someone or uh, initiating contact. I love what Pastor Doug said, something along the lines of, we've seen such an increase in, in uh, content, right? Or we've seen, we've seen such an increase in communication and content, but consequently, we've seen a decrease in contact right? We have been able to touch base with people whenever we want, but the meat and potatoes of conversation is thrown out. It's all surface. And unfortunately, this another, another uh, problem with distance, another problem with being so set apart with all of the stuff that's happening in our nation is it skims it over even more. And conversation is, is limited to, I'm good. How are you? Okay. See you later. You know, keep your distance, you know. But they forsook their earthly identity and plans. This brings me faith to speak to someone to know if these boys could leave their family business to follow Jesus, still happens today. People can uh, uh, change their opinions. They can change their minds to follow Jesus. But I want to uh, look at something here. I wrote in my notes, I said, during this separated time, many people have gone back to their nets. Many people have gone back to their nets. We can see that in uh, John chapter 21. You don't have to turn there. I didn't write it in my notes. I just wrote the reference. How we see in John chapter 21, we see that uh, these boys, Jesus had died. He had risen again. He had gone to heaven. They didn't quite understand that, you know, what Jesus meant when he said, destroy this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. They didn't quite get that. And it actually says in the scriptures in John, it says, uh, uh, Peter said, I go a fishing. That's what he said. Jesus had already left. They were in the depths of despair. He said, I'm going fishing. And at that moment, Peter was separated from his master. He was separated from his Lord, from his Savior. And the first thing he did was revert back. Now, unfortunately, 
during this season of separation that we've been talking about, during this distancing, this social distancing, a negative consequence and outcome of that is we are seeing people in the local church, in the church as a whole, in the world, returning to their nets, right? Going back to how it used to be, getting out of fellowship. And again, this isn't a hard word for y'all, as you guys are here, right? But I want to, again, paint a picture of what's happening. But what I really want to emphasize is what Jesus did when he found out that Peter went a fishing, as the scripture said. The scripture teaches us, and again, I didn't write it down, so I'm going off of memory. It's in John chapter 21. The scripture teaches that Jesus walks up on the shore. He sees those boys out there fishing. And the first thing, he doesn't say, what are you doing? Why aren't you going and winning people to the lost or winning the lost? Why aren't you uh, doing what I told you to do? The first thing he said was, y'all catch anything? <laughs> you getting any bites? And then he had the audacity to tell the fishermen by trade, he said, take your net off and throw it on the other side. And I love what the scripture says. It says that the disciples dared not say a word because they knew it was Jesus. They knew it was Jesus, so they obeyed. They obeyed. They threw it under the other side, and lo and behold, they catch all kinds of fish. They knew, they're probably thinking, ah, shoot, we screwed up. We missed the mark. We didn't hit the meter, right? We didn't fill our, our, uh, our Jesus meter today. Our doubt meter was full. But it says that when the disciples finished, they came to shore, they took their nets, their nets didn't break. They took their nets and uh, they find Jesus there cooking them breakfast, making them food. And I love that progression where he acknowledged where they were at. He, or he uh, uh, served them breakfast. He cooked them food. And then he reminded them to stay the course. What did Jesus say to Peter? He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Jesus, you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Again, he cooked them breakfast. He served them, and he reminded them to stay the course. I want to encourage you tonight in your own life or in the life of those who are surrounding us, who are part of our church, who are maybe on the fringes, cook them a meal, serve them, and remind them to stay the course. I talked about how Communication has been so surface level. But there's something, I'm going to say something that might make the older folks think, oh, great, you know, Josh, wait till you get older, right? Because I'm not really old. But there's something I've learned in uh, growing older, in, uh, in maturing, rather. I'll say it that way. There's something I've learned in maturing is that if we take that first step of being intentional, the response is far different than you'd think. If you take that first step and uh, kind of go in there, so to speak, I'm not saying uh, uh, doing the wrong thing. I'm not saying being rude or unkind. But I say if we take that first step of getting beyond all the surface garbage, then the people who are uh, uh, in response to that are always grateful. They're always willing. People are hurting right now. And they're so eager to uh, receive a touch from Jesus. 
So what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about qualifying people. We're talking about how we are qualified ourselves by the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus to serve, to be involved, to be uh, ministers in his kingdom, to be preachers of the good news, to uh, operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. But also, we are also called to qualify people. And when people walk in the door and they got everything on their, uh, going on in their life, we work to qualify, right? You see where I'm going with this? We work to qualify people. And how did Jesus reach them and respond to their reversion? He cooked for them, he fed them, and he reminded them of the plan and to stay the course. Recognize that people who used to be actively involved in the kingdom of God, even in our own church, may require the same treatment. They may not even know it. They may not even know it. But understand that qualifying people, my last point, I'm doing real good for time. My last point, qualifying people means we preserve people. Jesus didn't say, boys, <laughs> you were with me. You saw the signs and wonders and miracles. What are you doing? You know better, right? He preserved them. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, remember, we talked about at the very beginning of this message that we are to put off all of these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filth, communication out of your mouth, or to lie not to one another, seeing that we have put off the old man with his deeds. And what put off means is we lay aside. And then it goes on in verse 10. I'm going to read it all again. It says, and we have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created in him, created him. But Christ is all in all and in all. Or what it means when it says to put on a new man that we are to clothe ourselves with, the new man that we are in Christ Jesus. But understand, every day we must choose to put off the old man and put on the new man, the saved, renewed, new creation that we are in Christ Jesus. Sometimes people need a little bit of extra grace and mercy from us to get there. So we preserve them. Sometimes, you know, people are, it takes, it takes a village, right? We have a uh, responsibility to put off our old way of thinking, to put off who we were before Christ came into our lives, and to put on the righteous, sanctified man, woman, that God has called us to be. But understand that if we aren't careful, we can get infected with uh, this world's senses, so to speak. Again, we're talking about qualifying. Make sure we're keeping everyone in here. I want to make sure we're staying in the action, staying in the point that I'm trying to drive home. We're talking about qualifying people. We're talking about how we are qualified in Christ Jesus. And I want to look at Romans chapter 13 before I close here. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14. It says, in that knowing that the time, the, the determined plan of God, that it is now high time to awake out of sleep. For the salvation is nearer than we believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, good old King James word, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh 
In other words, God's appointed time has come. We're talking about how we are believing God for an end time revival. We're believing God for a wave of healing. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm ready for that. I'm ready to experience miracles. I'm ready to experience the greater works that Jesus promised we'd do. I'm ready to experience seeing uh, signs and wonders to where even the greatest of skeptics would look at it and say, hmm, sure seems real to me. Sure seems legit to me. And we're talking about how we can't do that. We can't uh, successfully disciple people unless we preserve them, unless we work to qualify them. I'll give you an example as we close, and there's some more stuff that I want to talk about in here, but we'll see if we get to it or not. I'll give you an example. I've been involved in a lot of worship teams. I've been involved with a lot of musicians. I've done a lot of gigs, done a lot of, uh, what are they called? like where venues and things like that and uh, conferences. Spent a lot of time with musicians and a lot of times musicians are more on the artsy side and uh, you know sometimes there's a personality thing that happens there and I've got an artsy side to me. I, I, I enjoy certain things that are maybe some men would think, ah, oh, that's kind of weird. But uh, at the same time, I also like tractors and cars and flying airplanes and shooting guns. So I'm kind of a mix of everything, you know. But I've worked with a lot of different people and I can recall one drummer. Now this drummer was a, a talented person. They were very successful. They were very, very good at what they did. They can go and be in a studio and just play the drums off. But there was something going on in this person's life where, uh, you know, perhaps they were a little outspoken on some, some matters. They kind of wore some things on their sleeve, maybe online and whatnot, and they didn't meet the perfect example, right? They didn't... Uh, hit the meter, meet the mark, right, that many times we place on people. And unfortunately, there was some things that were in the open that, you know, maybe probably shouldn't have been, but I had someone approach me and say, you need to not have them on there. You need to get them out of there. That's a, that's a, a, a special place. That's an important role. It could affect the whole service. But something in me didn't quite sit right about that. It wasn't quite, uh, it didn't quite jive, right? Technically, I could have. Now, I've made mistakes. This isn't a Pat Josh on the back moment, but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I'm going to give you a story that worked. Technically, I could have. Had them step down, not have any part of it, not be involved, shame on them. They screwed up. Or I could preserve them. Remember what we talked about last week, how when we are in our appointed specific place, I'm not saying the, the end-all goal that God has in mind for us, but for this specific moment on January 13th, when we're where we're supposed to be, right, we experience the anointing of God in a greater way because He anoints us to accomplish His will. We talked about that last week. Understand that I could have kicked this person off, gotten rid of them, be done. But if I left him on, they would have more of an experience with the anointing of God. They'd have a greater experience serving God and using their time, talent, and treasure, their gifts, to further the kingdom of God. Or maybe perhaps more traditional senses, people would say, they don't meet the bill, they don't fit the mark. What happened to this person is they eventually moved on to other churches, all good things, nothing bad happened found themselves uh, godly people to surround them with, 
serving in ministry, serving in a church, active drummer in a church, still plugged in, still experiencing the presence of God. Understand that we have a, a, a crucial weapon, and that weapon that we have is love, right? That weapon that we have is preserving. It's qualifying. Remember, we, our own selves, are unqualified without Jesus. But with Jesus, we are qualified. Therefore, we are to be Christians, Christ-like, and to go and to qualify others. So my heart for you tonight, as I, as I wrap this up, wind this puppy up, is, look, we might get all kinds of people in here. We might see all kinds of things. You might see all kinds of people in your work life, out at the store, whatever. But let's not... Uh, Let's not let whatever's going on in their life disqualify them from being able to serve. Let's look at the other people who have maybe served in the past, who, who were readily involved and were active in the things of the church, but went back to their nets, and let's requalify them. Let's cook them a meal, spiritually and actually. Serve them and remind them to stay the course. Amen? Is this making sense tonight? Are you getting what I'm trying to speak out? I'm trying to teach us that uh, if nothing can separate us from the love of God, then we want to do everything that we can to not separate other people from his love or from our own. Let's pray. 803, pretty darn good. Heavenly Father, we worship you and praise you. Lord, I'm honored to stand before these people today as your servant, Father, someone who wasn't qualified, someone who didn't meet the mark, who didn't fit the bill, who didn't fit the mold, but Father, you qualified me. You called me, and I thank you, Father, that you call and qualify each and every person here tonight. Lord, that they uh, recognize the mighty gift of Jesus that they have within them. Father, let us uh, have boldness to Speak to those uh, people who maybe used to be involved or who have maybe kind of strayed away because of what's been happening. Father, give us the boldness and the wisdom and the words to say, not to correct, Father, but to direct. Father, give us the, uh, the exact antidote that you have for each person. Lord, I thank you that as people take this up, they take your word and they go out and do it. Father, I thank you that you always show yourself faithful. Father, that we uh, work past the outer skim layer of surface level conversation and we break through to the deep things, Lord. Father, I thank you for a tenderness uh, coming across this nation. Father, the people of this nation, of this state, Father, of this county, and the surrounding counties. Father, let your presence come and be made known in Central Illinois and Ford County. And Father, let us always preserve people and direct people. Father, will we tonight say that we will do it? We'll serve your disciples, Father. We'll serve those who you've called into the kingdom. And Father, we'll remind them to stay the course. And we, our own selves, will stay the course. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that Ministry at Living Word Church is possible. You can get more information on our website at go2lwc.org. 
You can also give online as well. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can take a screenshot and post it to your social stories. You know what? You can even share it in person with someone who needs encouragement from God's word today. Thanks again for listening. And as always, you're welcome to join us in person where we will worship together and God will minister directly to you. Be blessed this week and be a doer of his word.